Pastor Chris, thank you for asking me to come uh, to preach in this series of messages that uh, Pastor Chris has been preaching on the Beatitudes. Uh, I know that's been a great series. My wife and the ladies at uh, Church Rock Network of Ministers, Inspired Women, have just written a book called The Beautiful Life, Lessons from the Beatitudes. And so that now is published online right now, and uh, it's going around the world actually. Uh, ladies in the network have written uh, lessons on these Beatitudes, and now they're doing devotionals. They're going to come out with a devotional book to go along with those. Uh, so what a privilege it is to come here and teach. And I'm telling you, the subject I've got, I, I say it's one of the best, but I, I am grateful that I have the privilege of sharing on this. Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5. I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5, and this is where the Beatitudes are. You blessed if Jesus is teaching his followers, and you've already gone through the first few Beatitudes, but it comes in progression. Uh, we see in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 3, it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Those who realize that their spiritual condition is out of their control. And they realize how poor they are to take care of their spiritual condition. Next one, verse 4. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. When you realize how poor you are in your spirit, it causes you to mourn over your sins. That's the progression you go through. Blessed are those who mourn. They will be comforted. And then you have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Blessed are the meek. You get that spirit that was in you that was out of control, under control of the Holy Spirit. Meekness means power under control. You've had an encounter with God, and He is producing meekness in you. And then He produces, verse 6, a hunger and a thirst for righteousness. And you're hungry and you're thirsty for the things of God, and He says you're going to be filled. Then we come to verse 7. This is my verse today that I get to share with. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. After you realize how poor in spirit you are, and after you realize through your mourning that you find the comfort of the Holy Spirit, and you have that encounter with Him, and you hunger and thirsting for things of God, and then God said, there's something I want you to do. And you can't do it, I don't think, outside having this encounter with God. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Now, the word mercy, we can find it 276 times throughout the Bible. I promise you I won't read them all. All right? I, each one of them is a message within each one of them. Uh, then there's 40 times that you read the word merciful. From Genesis to the book of Hebrews, you see the word merciful 40 times. And... We see the first mention, now we see it expressed before this, but we see the first mention of the word mercy found in Genesis chapter 19 and verse 19. And you don't need to turn to all of these, but I'll just be sharing some of these scriptures with you. But this is a story about Lot. You remember Solomon and Gomorrah? Lot uh, finds himself in Solomon and Gomorrah where sin is rampant, and uh, God's going to destroy Solomon and Gomorrah, and 
He said, before you do, you got to go down and get Lot out of there because he's found mercy in my sight, and you got to get he and his family out of there. And so he goes, and they say, Lot, you got to get out of here because God's about to destroy this city. And he said, I want you to go to that mountain. And Lot says, please, please, I don't think we can make it to that mountain. He said, we found mercy in your sight. We found favor. We found mercy. Can we find just one more ounce of favor? And the angel said, yes, God's going to have mercy on you, and you're going to find his favor. You're going to find out there's two words that go hand in hand, mercy and favor. Mercy and God's grace go hand in hand. When you experience God's mercy, you run right smack into God's favor. Remember Joseph, Genesis chapter 39, Joseph finds himself in prison after Potiphar's wife had lied about him. He finds himself in prison, but the Bible says, but God had mercy on Joseph, and he found favor with the prison guards. Mercy, favor go hand in hand. I want you today, and I, I prayed this, and I said, Lord, please, Many people have read through the Beatitudes so many times, and we've talked about mercy so many times and grace so many times. I said, I want everybody to get it today, afresh and anew. I want you to be baptized in the mercy of God, afresh and anew today. I want you to experience that for yourself today, because I want you to leave this place taking mercy and favor with you. What is mercy and what is favor? Favor is getting what you don't deserve. Aren't you glad for the favor of God? You don't get what you deserve. Mercy, you can define it as not getting what you do deserve. Favor is getting what you don't deserve. Mercy is not getting what you do deserve. When you experience God's mercy or you give God's mercy... As I said, you run right smack into God's favor. I don't know about you, but I want the favor of God on my life. I want the favor of God on my life. And it comes from this thing called mercy. Let me just read a few scriptures. Can't go over my own. We refer to where they're at. I encourage you, you can Google it. Boy, Google's my best friend. You can Google mercy in the Bible, and it will give you every scripture that has to do with mercy. And I encourage you, take some time and just read about this. Look at this one. The Lord is long-suffering and abundant in mercy. The Lord is good, and His mercy endures, how long? Forever. Well, I like that. The psalmist cries out in Psalm 6-2, Have mercy, for I am weak. I don't know about you. Have you ever cried out, Lord, have mercy, because I am weak? Have you ever been, uh, as a kid, we used to wrestle, and we used to, and you'd get somebody in a, the, the perfect hold, then they would cry out, what? Mercy! Stop! Mercy! Sometimes I've been wrestling with God, and I just had to cry out, mercy! And in my weakness, I found His mercy. The psalmist said, I trusted in your mercy. I love this one. Do not remember me according to my sins, but according to your mercy. 
I hope in your mercy. Oh, I like that. In the Old Testament, there's a lot of talk about mercy. One of the major subjects of when it comes to his mercy was something in the tabernacle called what? The mercy seat. God said, Moses, I want you to build a tabernacle. It's after, like the tabernacle in heaven. And here's what I want you to build. And one of the things he was to build was a mercy seat. And he built this box and he put angels on top with the wings stretched out. And he, on top of that was the mercy seat. And inside that box was a copy of the Ten Commandments, was a copy of some manna that had been left over that they'd gathered in the wilderness. And uh, there was Aaron's rod that budded supernaturally was in that uh, box called the mercy seat. And on top of that, they'd put the lid on, and it was the mercy seat. And they would put it in the place called the Holy of Holies. And the high priest could go inside there one time a year, and God would show up. And he would take blood from the sacrifice that the people had offered. He would take it behind into that Holy of Holies, and he would sprinkle it on the mercy seat. And for another year, God said, I'm going to have mercy on my children. They deserve to die because of their sin. But because of this sacrifice, this blood of this lamb, I'm going to show mercy one more year. Every year, the priest would have to come in, high priest, and offer that blood sacrifice. But then came Jesus. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 17 says, Jesus is a merciful and faithful high priest. No longer do we need priests on this earth to go in behind into the Holy of Holies and sprinkle a, a, a sacrifice of a blood of an animal that's been sacrificed. Jesus gave us his own blood. We just took communion. Jesus, the Lamb of God, sacrificed his blood. You know what he did with it? He took that blood to heaven with him. And he sprinkled it on the mercy seat in heaven. The earthly was just a copy of the heavenly. And he sprinkled his blood on the mercy seat. And that blood, even today at this moment, is crying out, justice. They've been justified as if they never sinned, those who put their trust in that blood. Forgiven. Jesus ever lives to make intercession for us. That's what's going on in heaven. That's what's going on at the mercy seat in heaven. Jesus, the faithful high priest who knows our weaknesses, said in Hebrews chapter 2, we continue to read where it says, Therefore, because of that blood's been spilled out of the mercy seat, I want you to come boldly to the throne room of what? Grace. That you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That's why we pray and that's why we come boldly. Not because we deserve it. We don't deserve to be in his presence. But because of the blood of Jesus. He said you can come with boldness. And you'll find mercy. You'll get the grace that you need to help in your time of need. Lamentations 3.21. Matter of fact, I want you to just turn. Some of you have never turned to the book of Lamentations. Look it up in the book of Index. If you find Jeremiah, just keep going. Just keep on going, Jeremiah. 
I'm getting close. Getting close. Lamentation. Everybody got it? Say amen if you got it. If you got your phone at it, it shouldn't take you long at all. Lamentation, chapter 3, verse 21 through verse 24. Oh, I like this. This I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed, because His compassions fail not. They are new when every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I have hope in Him. Through the Lord's mercies, we're not consumed. What do we deserve? Death. What do we deserve? Hell. But it's through the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed, and His compassions fell not. They're new every morning. Every morning when you wake up, you get to taste of fresh mercies and fresh compassions from the throne of God. Wow. Pretty awesome to me. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Let me tell you a couple of stories in the Bible about mercy and favor. I'll just tell you the story. It's found in 1 Samuel chapter 25. Anybody know Abigail? Anybody heard of Abigail? Who was Abigail? David's wife. Well, one of David's wives. <laughs> Abigail. Before she was David's wife, does anybody know who she was married to? Nabal. Nabal means fool. She was married to a fool. And it proves to be true. David is running from Saul. Uh, he's out in the wilderness gathering his men together. Saul is after him because David's been anointed to be king. And Saul is threatened by David. So David's on the run. And he comes to this particular area where he is held up with his men and they're hungry. So he hears about this man, Nabal, who is a sheep shearer and has sheep and is very wealthy. And at one time when they were out in the wilderness, Nabal's uh, shepherds that were taking care of his sheep came around and David protected them. He didn't let the enemy come near them. And so David was just sure, well, I, I need food for my men. I'm sure Nabal will give me the food that I need. So he sends word, sends some of his men uh, to Nabal and said, Nabal, uh, we come in the name of David, uh, who's anointed to be king, and we need some food. We ask you to give us some of the food and water. And Nabal, what's, his, what's Nabal mean? Fool. Nabal looks at those men and says, now who is David, that I should give up my food that I've worked so hard for and give it to him and his men. Well, the men go away empty-handed, come back to David and said, David, let me tell you what Nabal said. David said, men, gird your swords on. We're about to take care of this man named Nabal. And they put their swords on. And you know what that meant? 
They were about to kill every man in the family. Well, Abigail was told this by one of the servants. Let me tell you what Nabal did, your foolish husband. Now they're about to experience the judgment of David. Abigail says she was a woman of understanding. Very beautiful. She knew if she didn't do something, if she didn't go ask for some mercy, that the men were going to die. So Abigail, without her husband knowing it, gets her donkeys and fills it up, puts some fresh cooked sheep on it, took water, brought it to David, sent it on ahead, and she gets off her donkey and bows before David. So David, my name is Abigail. Abigail means joy of my father. Joy was stamped on her DNA. Fool was stamped on her husband's DNA. And she gets off that donkey and she comes to David and said, David, let me apologize for my husband. He's just a fool. That's what he is. And I'm going to ask you, would you have mercy on us? I brought you what you've asked for. And David looked at this beautiful woman, this woman of understanding, and says, wow, you've just kept me from shedding blood. You've just kept me from possibly receiving judgment from the Lord. So he had mercy on Nabal because of Abigail. Abigail goes back home and her foolish husband is having a party. And he gets drunk. And she goes, well, I won't tell him what I did right now because he won't understand. Wakes up the next morning and goes into Nabal and says, Nabal, i got to tell you what I did. I saved your life. David was coming to kill you. And it finally hit this fool, what she had done. And he had a stroke, apparently. Ten days later, he died. Now, remember, mercy meets favor. She begged for mercy. She found favor. She showed mercy on her husband. She got favor. When David heard that Nabal had died, he went and asked for the hand of Abigail in marriage. And she said, yes, sir. She went from being married to a fool to being married to a king because of mercy bringing her into favor. That's what mercy does. It brings you into favor. Let me tell you one more story. Now, I've shared this story in a message before, but let me just quickly go through this message, this story. The story of the certain Samaritan, Luke chapter 10. You remember that story? I'll just quickly tell you what happened. It was a story where Jesus was telling the religious Pharisees who were so proud of their religious activities and what they did for God. 
how they would tithe and they would pray and they would fast and, oh man, they would help out their friends if they were Jews, but nobody else. They were so proud of that. One day, one of them began to speak to Jesus and he said, love, Jesus said, well, you need to love your neighbor. What can I do to inherit? We get to love your neighbor as yourself. Well, this Pharisee thought, well, hmm, I wonder what that means because I know that I'll love my neighbor as long as he's a Jew, but I don't know about anybody else. Then he speaks up and said, well, who is my neighbor? Let me get that straight. Jesus then tells the story of the certain Samaritan. We know him as the good Samaritan. You know that story, don't you? A certain Samaritan going down the road, right before him there was a priest and a Levite, there was a pastor and a song director going down the same road and there was a man that had been beaten and left for dead. And the priest and the Levite both went by and said, oh boy, man, I just came from Jerusalem and I'm clean and, and if I touch him, he, he may be dead and I'll be unclean if I touch him. Or maybe... They took his clothes. I can't, we can't tell. Is he a Jew or is he a Gentile? Is he a, what is he over there? They couldn't tell. And, and they, maybe they would help him out if he was a Jew, but they couldn't tell. So they just went on by the other side. Both of them. Then a certain Samaritan. Oh, I like this. It says he was so full of mercy. Mercy sees distress. It says in verse 33, he saw him. He saw him. Mercy responds internally. He saw him, and it says he had compassion. Something on the inside stirred. Boy, just had compassion on this man. He couldn't tell. Was he a Jew? Now, he's a Samaritan. Jews and Samaritans don't get along. Jews hate Samaritans. They're half-breeds. But he didn't even question. I wonder if he's a Jew or a Samaritan. Is he a Gentile? What is he? He didn't even ask it. It just says he began to respond from the inside. He had compassion. And mercy responds externally. It's internal. Then it's external. It says he went to him and poured in oil and wine. And he took him to an end and took care of him for days ahead. That's what mercy does. Mercy acts even if the person could be an enemy. Let me tell you, if we ever needed this right now as a nation, we need it now. Our nation is divided. I watch the news and there's some people on the news that involved in protests and some are protesting this way for this thing, and others protesting for this thing. And, and you're, if you're on this side, you look over here and go, oh, man, look at the hate in their eyes. And you're on this side, you look over here, and you go, look at those pitiful people. And it's just on and on it goes. And I look at it sometimes, and something rises up, and it's not compassion. Sometimes it's, Lord... It's time for your judgment. And instead of feeling 
compassion. You feel that anger that goes from righteous indignation to ungodly indignation. Instead of wanting to get off your donkey and pour in the oil and the wine, you just want to stand back and say, God, call down fire from heaven right now. That will get their attention. But mercy sees the distress. You know what? I see some people, when I see them, as anger is there, I said, Lord, they desperately need you. They need an encounter with your mercy. They need an encounter with your grace. That's what Jesus was saying when he hung on the cross. He said, Lord, they don't know what they're doing. Forgive them, Lord. They don't understand. Mercy sees distress. Mercy responds internally with compassion. Mercy responds externally with meeting the needs of the distress. Mercy acts even if they may appear to be an enemy. Hosea 6, 6 says, I desire, God's saying, I desire what? Mercy and not sacrifice. Jesus was saying to all the Pharisees, I don't want all your sacrifice. I don't want all these prayers you're praying to me. I don't want all those sacrifices you're giving to me. Because I don't have your heart. You're doing everything right on the outside, but on the inside, hey, I see something. And it's not good. I don't desire, I desire mercy and not your sacrifice. I don't want your empty religious activity. You're straining at a gnat and you're swallowing the camel. Jesus stood up, Matthew 23, and he says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. Woe to you. They said, Lord, why are you healing on the Sabbath day? This man was crippled. His hand was crippled. And Jesus healed him and straightened out his hand. And they just looked at Jesus and said, what are you doing that on the Sabbath day? They didn't rejoice because a man had been healed. They were angry because Jesus did it on the Sabbath day. Every time he healed on the Sabbath day, there's religious people. said, what are you doing? Don't you know that's against the law? They didn't rejoice at people. I, can't, I just... Pharisees are the same yesterday, today, and forever, just like Jesus is. But Jesus said, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. You're, you're, you're taking care of the small things in the kingdom of God, but you're not dealing with the weightier matters of the law. And mercy apparently was a weightier matter in the law. Mercy is a thing that God requires, Micah 6.8. He has shown you, old man, what is good. What does the Lord require of you? Do justly, love, mercy, and walk humbly with your God. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be, what? Shown mercy. Many times we think we should be shown mercy, but person over there, they need a little judgment. But for us, if we were there, oh, no, I want mercy. James 2.13 says, for judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Aren't you glad 
mercy triumphs over judgment. He said, if you don't show mercy, you will not be shown mercy. If you've not experienced his mercy, you'll stand before God one day. If you don't give out mercy to others, like God's given it out to you. Like the man that owed $100,000, we say. And he came to his, the one he owed the money to, his debtor, and said, I'm so sorry I owe you this money. I can't pay it. And something rose up in the one he owed the money to, and he had compassion on him. He says, you know what? I'm just going to forgive you of that debt. And the man that owed $100,000 went out and found a man that owed him $1,000. He said, you owe me $1,000. He said, have mercy on me. I'm so sorry, man. I've been going through a hard time. Will you have mercy? He said, no, I'm not going to have mercy on you. I'm going to put you into the debtor's prison. And when I get paid back, then I'll let you out. Word got back to the man that just forgiven him of a $100,000 debt. and said, bring that man to me. And he brought him to him. He said, did I hear this right? I forgave you of this huge debt, and you wouldn't forgive that little debt? He said, you're going to be thrown into outer darkness, into the lake of fire. You showed no mercy when mercy had been shown to you. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain merciful. The merciful man, listen to this, Proverbs eleven seventeen. the merciful man does good to his own soul. A merciful man does good to his own soul. You want something good to come to you? You better be merciful. If you show mercy, you'll run right smack into God's favor. If you show mercy, you will receive mercy. If you show mercy, it will overcome. All judgment. Mercy that has flowed into your heart, mercy that is released from your life, tells me and tells God that you had a real encounter with Him. If you received His mercy, but it's not flowing out, it hadn't really got into your heart. Blessed are the merciful. For they will receive mercy. I don't know about you, but I need mercy. I want to give mercy out so I could run right into God's favor. Because I need His favor on my life. Now, do you show mercy every time? Well, you know, there are certain times when a man goes to court and he's found guilty. And what does he say? Judge. I just give myself to the mercy of the court. And the judge, judge looks at all the extenuating circumstances. He said, I look at this. I know you're guilty. But I see some things here. And I'm not going to give you the harshest punishment. I'm going to lighten the punishment. You're going to experience the mercy of this court today. Lord, I need mercy. Sometimes you receive mercy because of circumstances around you. But there are other times people experience justice. They've been shown mercy time and time again. They didn't get it. As I say often, 
Some people need a spiritual two-before right upside the head. Spiritual two-before. Right upside the head to get their attention. You ever had one of those? I've had one. Right upside my head. Go, got my attention. I'm sorry, God. He said, okay, you can experience my mercy now. Blessed are the merciful. They shall obtain mercy. Father, I thank you today for your mercy. Lord, here this morning, it's, it's brand new. Lord, I'm so grateful that when I was in sin, I cried out for mercy, and you poured out your mercy, and you led me into your favor. Lord, there's someone in this room right now Lord, they need to experience your mercy. They're in trouble. And Lord, they need mercy right now. And Lord, we've come here today to extend mercy to those in trouble today. If you're here today and you just say, Pastor, I'm I'm in trouble. I know I need his mercy. Would you just let me know that? Would you just lift up your hand? Everybody's praying. Just lift up your hand. That's me. I need his mercy today. I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. I need his mercy. Father, you see the hands that are raised. Lord, mercy comes from your throne into our hearts. And from our hearts, out of our lips, out of our actions. Everybody look up at me. Listen to me. Look at me. Mercy. Mercy is yours. Mercy. I give you mercy today because I was shown mercy. Whatever sins you forgive, they will be forgiven. Whatever sins you retain, they will be retained. God's given us some authority. To look at you and say, you are forgiven. If you've asked God for you, you are forgiven. You don't have to carry that guilt anymore. You are forgiven. Why? Because of the mercy of God. You're forgiven. I may know you're forgiven. Not because of what you've done, because of what he's done. Mercy. The blood is crying out in heaven. Forgiveness. It's his blood showing us mercy today. You're forgiven today. Woo, that excites me. You'll be forgiven when you wake up in the morning. New mercies you can experience. Amen? Now listen to me. If you raise your hand, you've never met the Lord Jesus. Boy, you need to do that today.